five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to another episode of the Ready, Set, Poem podcast, your premier podcast for the Vancouver Titans and the Toronto Defiant. I am Chris at Lightforce, joined virtually not by the steadfast rock Omni at Omni Strife. No, he bailed last minute. I'm instead joined by regular co-host Jordan at Sir Dr. Jam. Welcome. Thank you, thank you. I, I appreciate that uh, that Omni gets the steadfast co-host and I get the other host. But uh, I'll take it. I'll take it. Well, the, the, the regular, regular. I said, yes. I think the, yeah. you know, the regular coast, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm only playing up the whole steadfast thing because was it only like two mm. weeks ago? He had made the comment about he's the only consistent voice that has so like true. never missed a show. Although I don't think that's entirely true <laughs> in the hundred and you know seventy shows that we've done. Um, I'm pretty sure he hasn't been present for every. Look, single we all one. know that you're a slave driver around here, and. Uh, we just do our best, okay? <laughs> yes, yeah, so I'm. I'm here cracking, cracking exactly. the whip. Um, you know, I, I I try to take a a bite out of uh, out of anything I can, which is also the reason why on uh, was it Sunday night I uh, flossed out a oh, filling. Oh boy, that's impressive. You, no, you ever done that? I've, not, I've never yeah. lost a filling, let alone flossed one out. It must have been flossing hard. Well, I had. Well, this is the thing is I, I'm presuming it was a filling, like there's a good chunk, but like if it's enamel, I feel <laughs> that the pain level should have been much mm-hmm. more significant. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm currently having a good time because my dentist is currently on summer oh, vacation. Boy. So I mean, they were like, if you, if there's, you know, a significant mm-hmm. issue, we can get a hygienist look and what have you, and then potentially, yeah. you know, refer you. Um, I'm like, I'm not mm-hmm. in a lot of pain. Mm-hmm. I'll manage. And, and so next week oh, I get boy. to go in. But, uh, you know, speaking of pain, um, a lot of people's pickums were in a whole yeah, lot of hurt. and uh, a couple of teams are hurting too, it seems. Oh, that too. I mean, it's it's been a crazy couple of days since a crazy couple of days. Well, a few days. It was more than a couple there over the course of the weekend. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot to get into mm-hmm. this show. Um, and I can't believe Omni decided this was the one I to know. bail. You know, I mean, the funny thing is, is his, his note to us is like, sorry for dropping the ball on such short notice and on such an eventful week, but I won't be yeah. able to make it. I mean, he explained why and it's completely on board with him. But bailing, next week but, we will not rehash yeah. any of the territory we cover this week. So if he brings it up, absolutely. We're not. just going to disconnect them from the call. Yeah, that's right. Sounds good. Um, but yeah, no, we'll talk about the uh, Battle of Canada and what uh, came out of it. And then the uh, two matches that the uh, Vancouver Titans and Toronto Defiant uh, uh, played uh, the following couple of days. Uh, and then obviously set up the uh, schedule for those uh, two teams as they uh, continue the summer showdown qualifiers and everything else that has happened in uh, in the Overwatch League uh, since, uh, well, well, Sunday. I mean, there's some crazy stuff that happened uh, you know, before the weekend, but, uh, yeah, Sunday. Uh, so let's, uh, let's start pushing the payload. Moving the payload. Join me. The battle of Canada, which is the first of two battles of Canada over the course of this, this season. I, I think I need to stress <laughs> that the two teams play each other twice. Um, and there isn't really one battle of Canada as a result. So battles of Canada, they think they were calling it, or Mr. X was calling it the, 
the syrup cup uh, or something I, like that? I, yes, I, I heard this too. Uh, the syrup, syrup, was it syrup slam or something like that? I don't know. I, it was, it was playing off of syrup showdown. Maybe it was playing off of one of the tournament names. So mm. just battle of Canada would have been so much, so much easier just to run. With I don't that. know. I, I kind of liked it. I, th- I think they, if I think they should actually build these things up as events. And I think it would be cool if they, they had, you know, come up with some branding or, uh, I don't know, got the hashtag for the weekend or something like that. Just to, you know, dr- you know, play it up. Uh, why not? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, um, the thing that, uh, we do know going into the battle of Canada is we sort of had a, an appetizer, um, based on uh, what took place on Thursday. We talked about it last episode. What's the meta going to be like? Should we put much stock into these scrim bucks? If I recall correctly, you emphatically said no. Uh, yes, that's correct. I, I don't have uh, much more so, to say than that. <laughs> that is correct. I said, yeah, no. I mean, and, uh, well, funny, we should, you know, bring up scrim bucks and all that, but it apparently, um, was a far more accurate prediction as to some of the hijinks that was going mm-hmm. to take place. Uh, we didn't necessarily see it the first match of the day on Thursday, but boy, oh boy, the second match of the day on Thursday showed what uh, what Jotes, uh, Junker mm-hmm. Queen Goats, was all going to be about. And uh, it sort of continued over the course of, of the weekend. So having seen all of this take place, Omni actually dropped a note in uh, our Discord for our you know podcast chat. And he actually replied, and yes, I did flip it for Van at the last <laughs> moment. Uh, you know, Elmal. Now he his his flip had him saying that Vancouver was going to beat Toronto. And if you recall in the previous episode, he was with me. Toronto is going to beat Vancouver. He felt it was mm-hmm. going to be close. I think he said three two. Um, I was more of a. I think it's going to be a three one. I think mm-hmm. Toronto wins this, uh, based on the fact. That I'm not going to give Vancouver any credit until Vancouver wins. But uh, it was close. It could have gone potentially either way near the end. But uh, the Toronto Defiant won 3-2. And Omni probably regretted (laughs) going back in and making that adjustment. Uh, Having having had it not quite let locked in, but at the last minute switching switching things up. So if we go back, you know, to the the start of that match, um, obviously it answered a few questions that we had had. Who is going to be yeah. playing Junker Queen? Well, it's Mirror with the Vancouver Titans, and that was sort of what we had believed it to be. And then for the Toronto Defiant, mm-hmm. Hotbow, which I think we we believed Hotbow yeah. would be the pick, but we were, you know, it could be Muse too. We've seen these yeah. scenarios, and uh, so on and so forth. I'm just trying to blow yeah, my ears so out there, are you? <laughs> Um, but we also got to see King's introduction into the Vancouver Titans roster. Um, and, uh, I will admit watching him roll out on May, uh, on, uh, on that first, uh, you know, Nepal round was an interesting mm-hmm. pick. Yeah. We, uh, some, I, I can't quite remember who it was, but there's a match earlier in the weekend where someone had come out on May as well. Um, and I, I do wonder if it was a strategy that had worked in scrims or not. Um, mm-hmm. it, it was surprising to say the least. Yeah. And you know, the, if you hadn't been sort of watching over the course of the weekend, 
essentially there's there's five heroes well six um you know that are are chosen junker queen is a a sure thing at at tank any other tank that's coming in is Mm -hmm. crazy time uh your support heroes are quite clearly lucio and brig a few others have been picked right but again nothing too crazy uh and then it's been Mm -hmm. genji with one of either sojourn or hang on chris we, we just missed what you said there. Well, I had said that. Uh, <laughs> I apologize. So what I had said, uh, <laughs> for those who may have heard me or not, was that uh, the uh, the May was a, a not base, sorry, the Ash was a distant third um, and percentage high enough that you would say she's part of the group of three there. But um, May was then subsequently mm-hmm. below. And, you know, just to talk about the May, when I first saw her, get roll out as okay i don't exactly know what vancouver is up to here um it worked and it started getting me to think like is this may pick more about disrupting the the sort of you know the sustain that exists like by throwing up a wall blocking the the junker queen uh shout or or disrupting um you know some of the the brig heels or even the the area effect from lucio like that's but if that's the case, I would think we would see more of her than really what we did. But regardless, Vancouver Titans come out, mm-hmm. they brawl it up, and you know ultimately take that map. Things are looking good, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah they they definitely didn't look too bad. Um, I, in, in my notes, I, one of the first things I wrote down after, you know, the, the breakdown of who was playing what was may work mm-hmm. pretty okay for King. Um, it, it definitely, I wouldn't say based on that performance, I would expect to see may coming out a lot or on some of the top teams, um, you know, in the weekend, uh, prior to this match, we had seen the shock already. We'd seen Atlanta already, albeit a weak Atlanta. We'd seen Glads and Dallas already. So we'd seen some mm-hmm. top teams playing. Um, and I don't think any of them really pulled out the May. Um, but for all intents and purposes, seemed like it was uh, a viable strategy uh, with Vancouver playing it, at least in the It game. did. And that's, this is where then I'm like, oh, okay, I guess it's working. Interesting pick. And then we saw uh, King switch to the more uh, reliable choice of Genji um, with the uh, Sojourn being in the hands of Aspire Um, on the Toronto Defiant side. You know, they ran Genji with all the throughout and he sued as Ash Mm -hmm. for the most part. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Chorong versus uh, uh, Masa and Aztec versus uh, Twilight on the Lucio and uh, Brig Mm -hmm. respectively. But when the Vancouver Titans made that shift, it sort of occurred to me the way that the Toronto Defiant then started to play was that I think the May pick through the Defiant a little bit for a loop. They weren't expecting it and mm-hmm. they weren't able to adequately mm-hmm. adjust. Once the Titans went with what the Toronto Defiant had expected to be, you know, presented to them, we then saw, mm-hmm. you know, I think it was on was it on Shrine or whatever, where it was just the Vancouver Titans couldn't get through the door. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it quickly turned. Um, I, I think your, your assessment seems to be correct. That, that first round was 
quite good for Vancouver and quite troublesome for Toronto. And then, you know, next round, again, my notes say Toronto looking cleaner now. Mm -hmm. Toronto basically rolling the Titans. Like, and I put yikes for Vancouver because the turnaround from map one to map two, uh, or not even map one to map two, round one to round two of map one was oh night and day you know different teams yeah i mean yeah exactly. you know, round one close round two not at all round three okay exactly maybe a little bit better but still yep. like i think if we base mm-hmm. that performance off of that one map you know it sort of holds true toronto gets the edge. Toronto, like and in toronto yeah. is by far the better team so yeah. we then see the transition into you know parazo uh, hybrid map that uh, mm-hmm. was the first opportunity for the Vancouver Titans and the Toronto Defiant to experiment uh, with each other. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Vancouver Titans, um, well, they just sort of had their way with Toronto. Or let me rephrase that. Uh, Aspire had his way with Toronto. Like the, the first... I knew that's what you were going to say. The first fight when the, uh, the Titans came out on attack... I want to say, mm-hmm. was it like, although like got insta gibbed um, and like, yeah, once Vancouver when, had that plus one advantage, they just came over and bullied their way onto the point mm-hmm. captured. Yeah. When, when the map first opened, uh, Vancouver made it look easy. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I, I think King uh, opened it, opened up the kills and then somehow it went from one kill to three and they walked onto the point and took it. And it was like, okay, that's, yep, that that's an opening. That's a strong opening. That's a good way to de- demoralize your opponent and just steamroll them. And, I mean, they sure did. Uh, a part of it is certainly on the back of Aspire. Um, I think anybody who doubts Aspire's skill after this weekend is crazy because uh, I think Aspire definitely showed why he deserves to be yeah. in the league. Uh, and, and playing for, you know, at a high level. Well, and, you know, to sort of segue from that, Aspire, Shockwave, very similar hero pools. And prior to, you know, Shockwave's departure, there was always this question, can't we have them both clicking heads? In this mm-hmm. meta, maybe not so much possible. But I feel that Aspire is playing the Sojourn at a level that's probably above what, what Shockwave uh, would be providing. I think Shockwave could have been clearly maybe the the better Widow. Um, but in... Yeah. in we saw a few widow picks every so often, but you know, functionally she's just a, a non-entity, but what I usually it opens a map or something like that. And that's kind of it. Yeah. But what I started to notice as well is, is there was this sort of trend, like when you were watching mirror versus hot boss, sort of the junker queen versus junker queen. I mean, mirror was, I'm going to suggest the superior of the two. Um, now that's not to say that, you know, mere carry the Titans on his shoulders. That was all, all aspire, but uh, Mm -hmm. we were starting to see sort of some parody come into play. Um, The uh, aspire carry was sort of out dueling. He almost any fight where Toronto Mm -hmm. were to gain some leverage was where they were able to drop the aspire uh, pick early or have he get one of the support first. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was almost a duel aspire versus he back and forth throughout the entire match. Yeah. Uh, I felt that, uh, you know, Aztec um, may not have been as, as quality as Chorong was on, on the Lucio, but, uh, um, or sorry, uh, Masa wasn't, uh, wasn't, 
maybe not the the same level as Chong on the Lucio, but Aztec on the Brig, mm-hmm. Outbreak Twilight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I could definitely agree with that. Um, there was, again, you know, um, Vancouver really on that on that second map showed showed Toronto the way. Um, I mean, they they had some really good pushes. They went, I think they had five minutes left on the, on the clock going into that final phase. Yeah, going into nightclub um, and. Yeah, they, they just were honestly dominating Toronto. And I mean, if you look at the score, you know, spoilers to flip it to the, to Toronto being on the attack, but it was two nothing, mm-hmm. right? Toronto, there was nothing to say about them in this map. Realistically. Well, they split up like, whereas the Vancouver Titans sort of came out with looking and sort of mm-hmm. making playing a little less aggressively until they got that advantage. And then like you see these top tier teams, Mm -hmm. we got the advantage foot on the gas. The defiant sort of had two different approaches is like a pincer attack or something. Yeah. And that separation did not work out. And Mm -hmm. it was just almost like a constant stagger with the Toronto defiant. Like they were not really truly resetting and then it would be, okay, let's actually Mm -hmm. reset now tick, 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 tick. Okay, let's go. And they just simply ran out of time. They didn't have an answer. Mm-hmm. And having, you know, yeah. seen this from the Vancouver Titans, we've got a, you know, a tie match one, one, it sort of begged the question, how is the, you know, two teams going to respond on Junkertown? I mean, historically, I feel that the Vancouver Titans have not done too poorly on escort, especially mm-hmm. maps with, you know, significantly long, uh, you know, sight lines. That said, you know, Toronto did what they needed to do. Um, But I would argue in the Toronto attack phase, Vancouver did everything that they needed to do to put themselves in a position to win. And where we started to see, I think, a shift occur is that when Toronto came out and the Toronto attack um, was capable, Um, I felt that that Hisu Mm -hmm. was actually – out dueling uh, the, the the Spire Sojourn at this point. And anytime he started to out duel, especially with Ash, I mean, he's clicking heads. He's getting Bob who can outright, you know, uh, you know shut down the, the Titans to defend or require them mm-hmm. to retreat and give up um, uh, space. But uh, once they got inside... Now there's a definitive shift, yep. right? The aspire yep. uh, ability to, to you know one or one right click, you know, heads became much more dominant, and he was yeah. able to do that more frequently than the Hisu Ash was because he just didn't have the distance, um, you know, to his favor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's becoming. Um, I it seems to me like uh, I know I had said. I think during the mid-season madness that it seemed like if a team wasn't playing with a sojourn, um, they would just get outclassed by whatever they were against mm-hmm. because sojourn was that powerful, right? With the buildup of that secondary fire and then the ability to just one shot someone uh, based on that, it really seemed like the teams that are going to play sojourn are going to win in most cases. Um, I think it's a little more balanced now, but I think you also kind of hit on, what one of the differences with with sojourn is where uh despite the ability of her to shoot at a long range because she can land hits it's just not as effective um at that long range which 
I think was illustrated pretty clearly on this map mm-hmm. because like you say, as soon as they got in the walls and, uh, and Aspire was able to really take advantage of that more close quarters and those, um, you know, you've obviously got the roadway coming through Junkertown, but you've also got those kind of upper areas uh, in the buildings and, and the walkways. Um, and that's kind of really where it seemed like Vancouver was uh, sort of beating Toronto down. Mm-hmm. They were they were up on those walls and able to just kind of rain down on uh, Toronto. And they didn't make a ton of progress after that. I mean, it, like Mir, Mir set up on the sort of the inside stairs. Um, there wasn't anything that they could mm-hmm. do to really disrupt him. Um, and you yeah. know, he's just poking away and then proceeding to go in and absolutely decimate whomever mm-hmm. might be in the way. Um, but yeah. when we see the Titans go on to their attack, you know, having stopped the, the, the payload just before doors, the, uh, Titans come out aggressively they win the first engagement, like just absolutely, mm-hmm. you know, um, mm-hmm. just uh, clobber the defiant. We see the aspire aggressive push, like on Parizo, mm-hmm. the you know there'd be three on the point, and there's aspire going up with uh, with Masa to go and get some extra picks, and we saw that happen again. Yeah, but what occurs? He overextends, gets dropped, yeah. and that one shift then made it just mm-hmm. like nearly impossible for the Vancouver Titans to reestablish the momentum. Um, mm-hmm. It wasn't really until the, the final fight where the Vancouver Titans started seeing any joy and what ultimately happens. Well, twilight in his infinite wisdom of which he has much of switches to the Anna sits up in the, the window and simply just continues to, to heal from a distance. Um, and that was, you know, with an overtime push, the, the, the big difference, like, you know, someone had hollered out, mm-hmm. uh, I think it was in, uh, in Titans core that the Vancouver Titans, uh, Charlie Nynard. Uh, but I think it was like down to like Masa and uh, mirror yeah. and like Masa or sorry, mirror was on the payload until he got dropped. Like, and whereas Masa's mm-hmm. trying to disrupt to, to, to continue to provide room. But we, we now see the shift. And I, to this point, I mean, we haven't talked a little, a much about King, but I actually felt King wasn't, he wasn't contributing much, at least not what I, I could see. Like I was thinking like, you, you mm-hmm. got rid of shockwave for, for the, this, this kid. Like I don't, I don't quite understand it. I understand maybe the hero pools and all that, but just, this is kind of weird. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I mean, like you say, it was, it was pretty well all Toronto uh, once after that first push or so for Vancouver. Um, But I think it kind of demonstrated uh, or, or a lot of the fights that we saw where Toronto was just kind of winning, winning, winning. Um, And eventually even Toronto actually pushed them back to spawn and uh, played at their, their spawn at the doors for a little bit there as well. I think a big part of what you saw was Vancouver's, um, inability to get those picks, which like you say, you know, you do need not just aspire getting picks. You need King to be picking up some of that slack, which I don't think he was doing an amazing job of at the time. But, uh, the other thing that I think you saw was Vancouver, um, not necessarily coordinating as much as they needed to, because their ultimate usage was very, 
one here and one there or one or two here and there, they would kind of combine them. But it felt like if they just had everyone hold on to their ults or maybe even just one more of them hold on and just wait, uh, wait it out until maybe you had Aspire and King at the same time with maybe a support alt at the same time, mm-hmm. throw that in there for a little extra buff. It felt like they could have made more prog- progress that way. Um, and you just kind of saw them seemingly just, you know, King would pop the Genji blade when he got it to try and create space. And you really needed more of the teamwork yeah. if they wanted to change the time. Well, and you know, to look at the, the defiant here, and I'm not going to suggest the uh, Toronto defiant were uh, very efficient with their alt usage. There were some questionable decisions, no. right? But where we start to mm-hmm. see a difference is the, although Genji was far more disruptive than the King Genji was uh, the Hisu mm-hmm. ash pick empowered a Bob to come running out once in a while. Um, and mm-hmm. the, the ability to have that, you know, increased amount of disruption, Vancouver wasn't able to, to resolve, which again, mm-hmm. I think showed the, the savvy that the Toronto defiant possessed that the Vancouver Titans still don't have, um, spoiler alert, yeah. we weren't gonna really talk about the AMA, but, but the question was asked, who's the shot caller to, to D-Pay? D-Pay's response was, well, everyone sort of is, but what I want them to be able to do is to be able to adapt based on what they see and to make adjustments in game. Mm-hmm. And if you listen to our show, we have been suggesting in the world before D-Pay <laughs> that a lot of that was lacking. So mm-hmm. again, the Defiant, it wasn't like they made adjustments. They were just able to disrupt and the Titans couldn't respond. This takes it mm-hmm. to the potential of a uh, new Queen Street Toronto Defiant victory. Because wouldn't it be good if you were uh, the Toronto mm-hmm. Defiant to win the Battle of Canada at home, at home? Mm-hmm. And we're back to the Parizo experience where the Vancouver Titans come out Mm-mm. and have their way. I mean, Hisu, Hisu was, was non-existent. Um, in fact, I think this was the map where he saw him like, okay, I'm going to try Sojourn out. Okay. Sojourn's not working. I'm going to go back to Ash. Like it was, you know, back and forth. Um, the Vancouver Titans, you know, they, they essentially had the, the barricade, you know, just to the second point and then just decide, okay, we'll give you the space we've set up, you know, come and mm-hmm. engage. And I'm trying to think did Toronto really ever make any real progress after that. Literally, I don't think they did. I think, um, I I think they if they pushed it at all, um, you know, you got the little bar at the top of the screen that shows mm-hmm. the the white going left and the red going right. If they if Toronto made any progress, it was not noticeable compared to the amount of white on the Vancouver side. This map was like. It, I, Deepay must have said, guys, we're practicing New Queen Street and New Queen Street, and that's it. Because this map was that impressive on the part of the Vancouver Titans. Like, they completely had control this entire map. They played it perfectly well where if they were down, you know, a player or two, they would pump the brakes because at that point they had already gained enough momentum that Toronto had would have had to work so much harder just to get the bot mm-hmm. back to the wall. And then they still had to push it that distance. Like it was, it was an extremely impressive showing. That's for sure. Yeah. The, you know, difference for me actually, well, yes, aspire sort of out dual Hisu in the department was oh, the yeah. junker queens um you know mirror was just significantly better than hotball was on this map 
And his ability to go in and start the engagement to empower Vancouver to get those early picks. There were a few times where Toronto would try to disengage, but then you have Massa and Aspire chasing down. Like, I think it was uh, Chorong, uh, you know, just couldn't get away. He's dropped, but there's such a significant stagger that the, was it eight minutes that this map has now, which I actually kind of feel is too long. <laughs> I, right? I understand why it, it was it increased, like but it's time. just like, oh, wow, you've mm-hmm. got a lot, but there's like seven and a half minutes left yet and what have you. But mm-hmm. the, it helped eat time. Like Vancouver took advantage of a Toronto defiance stagger. And they were, as you had said, if the moment things sort of shifted, Vancouver would be like full retreat to subway. Yeah. Right? Like, and, and they, they played that so well. Like that was honestly like, I mean, obviously not the same caliber, but the coordination that they had when a fight didn't go their way. And may, maybe it was, down to who was shot calling for this map. Maybe it was a team effort, who knows. But, you know, in my mind, you've got someone saying, it's okay, guys, let them take Mm -hmm. it. You know, we're down one guy and that's it. Let's drop back a little bit, let them take it. Once whoever's back, we can get back in there and we're still going to have control. They're still not going to make any progress. Which is akin to how I think the Toronto Defiant have played this this type of map, this mode, Mm -hmm. and gotten success, right? We've seen Toronto get that mm-hmm. second barricade or second point barricade push and then proceed to own the space. Mm-hmm. And if they want to concede, they're more than willing to concede a little knowing they got to win a fight yeah. to turn things around and they, yeah. they, they hold that lead. Um, so you have a battle of Canada where Vancouver goes and steals the Toronto map, which both cast and desk were saying, Oh, it's Canada's map. I agree. There's only one Canadian map, but let's be honest. <laughs> It's Toronto. Um, so Vancouver, yes. you know, takes it and you're going into Oasis, which, mm. I, you know, I, I think if you're either a Defiant fan or you're a Titans fan is somewhat of a, a crapshoot at this point. I mean, yes, the Defiant took the, mm-hmm. the first to control in, in Nepal, but, you know, what's not to suggest that Vancouver hasn't sort of learned a few lessons. And we're starting to see King sort of warm up. Yeah. I say starting to because mm-hmm. he plays uh, an integral role in uh, in the final uh, map on Oasis. But <laughs> I was sort of paying casual attention to the conversations in both Titans Court and Defiant Court. Titans Court, it's like, oh, yeah, the boys are doing okay. really well. Um, I think they have a chance to win. Um, it's close, though. Yeah. In Defiant Court, it's like, oh, my God, the Titans are going to beat us. We're going to be their first loss. We're not going to the summer <laughs> showdown. It's the end of days. Like, uh, it was just it hilarious. was just interesting. That's what I was hoping you were What the say. dynamic was between these two. And I, it yeah, got me thinking with sort of our conversation. I mean, the three of us had said, if Vancouver loses, it's sort of what's expected. If Vancouver wins, yay. If Toronto wins, it's Toronto's what's expected. <laughs> and if Toronto loses, yep. holy smokes. And I think what our podcast Bad sort of presented theirs. was how, you know, these two situations were playing mm-hmm. out. So, you know, uh, without getting into it, Toronto, quite frankly, clutched up. Mm-hmm. That's not to suggest Vancouver rolled over mm -hmm. and made it easy, but Toronto, they wanted this win and they wanted it bad. Well, and and Vancouver, let's not forget, took the first round a hundred to zero. Like, I I mean, I won't lie. I have the game up right now and I'm jumping through as we talk about it. 
And, you know, I didn't write it down or anything. I just watched it happen on two times speed. Vancouver, 100% that first round and Toronto didn't cap the point at all. If that were, um, you know, I, I have to assume if that were many other teams, the team getting uh, no no uh, percentage in that round is going to be boomed at that point, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of teams at that point are rolling over because they, especially if you're against the Vancouver Titans, they just got 100% to to zero. You did not cap the point at all. You probably didn't win a single fight. Um, But lucky enough, Toronto obviously turned things around in the uh, the second round there. Um, I forget which one that is, Gardens maybe. Um, And it was a lot more back and forth. Mm -hmm. Well, and I mean, that, it actually felt to me, it played out very similar to what we saw in Nepal, but where, and if we're going to talk mm-hmm. about nerves, Toronto settled down to your point, like yeah. many other teams might've been like boomed. Toronto was not Vancouver. Mm-hmm. I actually think is where we started to see them. Like, oh my goodness. We might win. I don't think they were yeah, playing that, that they were <laughs> going to win to this point. It was after this is like, Oh my goodness. And then we started to see mistakes, um, from, from Vancouver. I mean, the mm-hmm. it wasn't really a mistake, but, uh, you know, King's self pulse was pretty cool. Um, yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. he, he had sort of admitted to it in on, on social afterwards that he, he was very yeah, nervous. I and I mean, the kid should be, it's his, you know, first opportunity on the professional yeah. or talk to your professional stage. So, you know, n- no issue, but, it really comes down to the experience and the fact that I honestly believe Toronto had much more to play for. They knew how important mm-hmm. a win was. They, I think understood the impact of a loss. Um, mm-hmm. and Vancouver, they are just playing with house money at this point, right? Like it was like, mm-hmm. yeah, if we lose it, it's watching not ours, watching the second round right now. Um, I think this, this might actually be, uh, in, in some ways when although kind of turned it up, um, you know, I, I think on both sides, honestly, the Genjis weren't showing a ton. Um, you know, the picks they were getting were, were off the backs of, of Hisu and Aspire, um, which is going to happen because those are the primary damage dealers. Um, you know, the Genjis are, are much, uh, much more, uh, annoyances on the battlefield mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, just by nature of how those characters play. But I really, it, it seems to me like this is kind of when, although started to have a bigger yes. impact on, on turning the tides. Yeah. And, you know, to the earlier point that I raised where you started to see these differences, you know, the Toronto defiant, um, were able to not neutralize aspire, but you started to, again, see he used to become the more dominant to DPS. Although, mm-hmm had become much more of a, of a impactful um, player as opposed to more mm-hmm. of a participant in a match. Uh, I still feel Mir was out dueling the, the hot, junker queen. Chorong was still uh, mm-hmm. out dueling Masa. And we're now starting to see uh, twilight become more, I think comfortable on the brig. I mean, the style of hero that he typically plays mm-hmm. is, not a brig, yeah, any shape or form, yeah. And so, having seen this, you're right. Toronto just had more parts that started to work well together. Vancouver was still sort of a a disparate group of you know players with a bundle of nerves that were like, oh my goodness, we might be able to win. And you know, to their credit, you know, gave Toronto uh, a good run for their money. 
What's interesting to note, though, is I think the experience these two teams had then speaks quite loudly to how we see them approach their subsequent matches. Mm-hmm. So Toronto, they get the 3-2 edge. Everyone sort of expected that to, to be the case. More people, I think, were saying, oh, my goodness, the Toronto Defiant could barely get past the Vancouver Titans. What has come to the, you know, to this world? Which is really interesting considering the matches we've seen play out the day before and then subsequently on, on Friday afternoon. But the, uh, the Vancouver Titans were actually the one to find themselves back in action sooner And they took everything that Mm -hmm. they had learned from the Toronto Defiant and proceeded to have their way with the Paris Eternal with the asterisk that the Paris Eternal apparently knew that they were all going to be, well, not everyone, but most would be cut the subsequent day, which just sucks. Um, Yeah. But it's like, hey, hey, you're going to war for your country. But uh, after that, we're going to extradite you anyways. So, you know, just try your best. Yeah, it, it was... You know, knowing that af- like after the fact does, you know, it sucks in, in many different ways. Um, most for, yeah. you know, the former players of the Paris Eternal. But that I don't think should discount what we saw from Vancouver as significantly as some have, mm-hmm. have given. Like King, mm-hmm. and this is where I, you know, I, I, I had sort of not seen a lot from King prior to this. But I think what I was looking for was like the pop off, like the, you know, dragon blade that just is the, you know, significant differentiator, you know, the hacksaw dragon blade or, you know, having replaced the shockwave, just being able to go and, you know, place a team on his shoulders and do the hard carry. But King doesn't need to do that. King, his, his, um, awareness of his cooldowns, the distance to dash, like he was able to go and disrupt and and get, if not picks, um, have opposition you know support players or the opposition sojourn or ash whomever it might have been. No, that, that actually seemed to be where the counter was, mm-hmm. and then you would see either uh, a mirror uh, pick or or aspire, um, you know, click the right click the head. Um, but it was just, it was a much more cohesive unit that did everything well against the Toronto defiant, but continued to do so mm-hmm. against the Paris eternal. If you're listening, you're like, well, Chris, the Paris eternal on Parizo gave the Vancouver Titans a run for their money. That's, you know, mm-hmm. why, where is that dominance that you saw against Toronto? Well, I think the dominance that Vancouver had against Toronto was more to do with the Toronto attack and it not having the capability to get mm-hmm. past, you know, that overpass. Whereas Paris, they didn't, you know, allow for Vancouver to bully them. And, you know, arguably did everything right. It's just that once you get into nightclub, it, it nightclub feels kind of like the, the escort point on New York where you just get through the, the doors, right? Like it's, mm-hmm. there's a couple of entrances, but I don't yep. know another map where it's a choke, right? Where the spawn camp is so significant. And, and, yeah. you know, Vancouver, once they were able to halt the payload, they arguably, um, you know, negated anything that Paris was able to go and, and, and throw at them. Um, and I am sort of fast forwarding, you know, through, through the experience here, but Vancouver was just dominant. I mean, Aspire did the hard carry. Um, mirror looked very capable on the junker queen. Uh, you saw, you know, or at least I saw 
King providing these small things and doing them so well that, you know, that Mm -hmm. integral piece allows then, you know, someone like Mawson to play the aggressive Lucio um, and, uh, Mm -hmm. and Aztec, I mean, Aztec's break's pretty solid. In fact, like if you look at the stats, Aztec is, I mean, depending on the metrics, and I understand that the Overwatch League metrics place Aztec, I think, as the number four break after the first weekend. I mean, he statistically mm-hmm. has most of the more tops than anyone else does. Um, mm-hmm. I I think that speaks quite uh, quite loudly of of what he has been able to do in in that role. Small sample size, but was there anything out of the Vancouver yeah. Paris match that you were to say, "Well, okay, Chris, you know, little little air out of the tires there." <laughs> Honestly, uh, no. I mean, I, I think you hit it hit the nail on the head pretty well. Um, like you say, it's, it's a shame that, you know, these Paris players, uh, had in the back of their minds, you know, this is our last game. We know we're cut kind of thing. Um, obviously I, I wouldn't suggest that Vancouver thought that or, or knew that in any way. And they pushed hard, right? They, they went, you know, pedal to the metal and, uh, gave it their all. Um, I actually have kind of always thought that Aztec was actually a pretty good player on this team. Um, obviously I know he, you know, was with Toronto last season. Um, and I don't think people were too incredibly impressed with him. Um, I never minded him on Toronto, but I've actually thought he's had a pretty good season, uh, given the pieces he's obviously working mm-hmm. with. And, you know, I, I don't think he's the, the shot caller, the leader or anything like that, but I've always thought he's been pretty solid with the Vancouver Titans. Um, I also, this, this match and, you know, now having the context of around Paris and everything, um, and also having the context around King and, you know, seeing his tweets about him, you know, being a little nervous and things like that. I have to wonder what happens if this match is the first match King plays in and this match happens before the Toronto match. Is this, is the momentum that they could have built from this match enough to give them that extra push to then beat Toronto? Um, mm. I actually, again, you know, I was scrubbing through the match uh, both of these matches, I now have the Paris Vancouver one on, but when I was looking at that final round on Oasis, uh, Vancouver against Toronto in the final round. So they're, they're one, one on Oasis. They go into that third round on Oasis and Vancouver gets to 99% before Toronto caps it. Toronto then caps it and holds it from zero to 100. And that's where we really see Toronto. Uh, like I say with Vancouver, put the pedal to the metal and really buckle in to take that map and at the very end of that match it was the most back and forth thing i think we've seen in in a long time (laughs) and the fact that vancouver was able to put that much pressure on toronto really makes me wonder if they had this match as i don't want to call it a practice match because again it's you know, I, I don't want to belittle Paris knowing their situation and knowing that those players are obviously professional and it's not like they threw the match or anything like that. Um, but I mean, if you just look at the standings, you know, Paris and Vancouver all season long have been, you know, 12th and 13th overall, whereas Toronto is a middle to, yeah, let's just call them middle. I don't want to say middle to upper. We'll just call them a middle of the pack team. So Toronto should be a more difficult opponent. Mm-hmm. Vancouver played them really well. So it makes me wonder if they had this, um, you know, sort of air quotes, easier match against Paris first, does that give them the momentum to really, 
especially with King being brand new, having some nerves, does that give them the m- momentum to really take advantage of Toronto and, and maybe come out with the win? I mean, it's a, it's actually a very good question because I felt like you're right. You know, King looked far more comfortable in, in match two than mm-hmm. he did match one. Um, King just, I didn't feel he was really much of an entity against the, the Toronto defiant. Could that be the difference? Possibly. Um, but then I think it would have to be, you know, safe to also suggest what's the possibility of Toronto playing Atlanta before they play the Titans and considering how Toronto played Atlanta, (laughs) you know, I, I think there, there is some confidence that Toronto gets out of that match that then they, they bring in. And as we have sort of suggested all season long, when Toronto starts getting the swag, watch Mm -hmm. out. Um, and I, you know, to segue, you know, the Toronto Atlanta matchup was considered to be the first test that the Toronto defiant had over the course of the weekend. I mean, I don't think, oh, actually, I don't know. I'm thinking back, but did, I know I had doubts against the, the Atlanta, um, rain, but, uh, did you or Omni? I I did not. I I predicted that it was going to be three two Atlanta. I was hopeful that Toronto was going to be able to uh, hold their own against Atlanta, but I really didn't think they would come out with a win because Atlanta. I, I think um, you know I, I quoted oh. I don't know one of these other shows on the fact that uh, Atlanta is one of the only teams that has been in the I think last four out of six mm-hmm. um, tournament cycle championships or something like that. So for all by all means, I was team atlanta here um that was of course not knowing the score that atlanta would put up against boston but well so i mean this is the other thing though is that i if this is what's messing me up the fact that we had all these like three different scenarios what would be the three most likely yes we did which was confused so um i actually predicted a toronto (laughs) 3-1 win over atlanta you did (laughs) yeah Wow. So you nailed that. So you know what? The Overwatch League actually tweeted out uh, a graphic about, um, I think it was like something like 16.4% of Pickums had Toronto winning both their games this weekend. So you were one of those people, it, then, if that were the case. Oh, wait. Well, yeah, because you picked I, Toronto, I picked over, Toronto Vancouver. over Vancouver, but I gave it as a 3-1, not a 3-2. But I had, yeah, I had Toronto sure. winning both both matches. Um, but when we look Incredible at sort boss. of the Toronto-Atlanta match, um, you know, Toronto starts off, I think, strong. But what we saw, you know, as, as far as sort of a, a difference was that, you know, Hoppa as the Junker Queen really wasn't, you know, at the same level as, as the Hawk uh, Junker Queen. And when we started to see sort of the Kai Hisu battle, um, it was very similar to the Hisu Aspire battle. Um, once sort of Kai, were, Kai was getting those picks, Things started to shift, but a difference that I sort of, you know, touched on previously, Twilight's Brig started to look, you know, stronger, mm-hmm. more consistent. He seemed to be more comfortable with the hero. And as we started to sort of yeah. see this match go on, Twilight looked better and better. Like, yes, one might argue questionable alt usage from Twilight. But, uh, you know, was it on Junkertown where he just decides, yeah, I'm going to press Q now. And it's over. Like, 
you know, mm-hmm. much. I, I think the casters had said, oh, you know, Atlanta's going to get it through the doors, but uh, Toronto's still in a good position. And Twilight's like, hold my soft drink. I actually don't know what to. Let's just throw this. What, what Twilight yeah. drinks. Yeah. Um, you know, it, I it was joking around uh, with a buddy that it was uh, very much like, um, uh, what's his name for the Titans uh, that uh, came in and played was it last season? Uh, that Genji Q, or might have been two seasons ago, where he pops Q in, in Junkertown, where he has no business to do so and gets like a, a 4K. Um, <laughs> I, I don't remember. Okay, it was. That, it, it, I'll take you. No, away. but it's it, it's just like <clears throat> the most odd time to, to pop your alt. And yet mm-hmm. it, it works out. But, you know, we then sort of see the, the, the shift. So, like, Oasis didn't go so well, but, you know, Parizo, I felt the Toronto Defiant learned what they did poorly against the Vancouver Titans and simply mm. didn't make those same mistakes against the Atlanta rain. And much like what we saw with Vancouver and Paris, Toronto, once we were into the nightclub was able to, to hold on um, spawn camp mm-hmm. as need be and, and made some, you know, very, very intelligent decisions, which, Again, guess what match yeah. this map they have ultimately get to after getting themselves their win on Junkertown? Well, it's New Queen Street. <laughs> and again, mm-hmm. I feel Toronto took everything that they saw Vancouver do to heart and decided, mm-hmm. yeah, well, we might give this a try too. Eh. Atlanta did yeah. get more progress than Toronto did over Vancouver. But again, what did Toronto do? Mm-hmm. Toronto just decided, yeah, no, we, we want to win this match. Um, this is what we're going to do. We're going to, we're going to take all this space. We're going to make you, you know, fight hard, but you, we flip a fight. We're going to go and get that space back. And Hey, by the way, you're going to have to mm-hmm. win like two or three team fights just to get the barricade, you know, onto our side again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, um, I, so one thing I've kind of come around to with respect to Toronto and, and I kind of was thinking about this as we, as we talk about them and their performance against both of these teams and everything um, at the beginning of the season, I really questioned the building around Hisu. Um, and I think I've come around on that. I think Hisu has proven to be a steady enough uh, player um, who can consistently perform at, at that high level that you want your DPS to be performing. Um, that I think I've really come around to that um, and him being sort of a, uh, a really integral part of the mm-hmm. team. You know, he does get picks. Um, he does have pop-off moments. Like, is he as flashy as maybe a, a Kevster or um, e- even a, an Aspire? Well, I was going to say, he, I don't necessarily think he's so. He's not playing the Kevster role, though, right? Aspire comparison, sure. Yes. Or like a Kai comparison, yeah, right? Um, but yeah, but yeah, like Kevster would be more, you know, although. Yes. Yeah. And that's a good point. Um, but what I was going to say was, I think the big thing that we kind of saw in this match, um, and especially in a map like Junkertown, um, especially in uh, New Queen Street, actually, is one where I was particularly noting it, um, was that Kai is consistently amazing um, for for the Atlanta Rain. Um, and obviously, I know they show a graphic at one point in this match uh, where Kai actually leads the solo kills as Sojourn with 100 41 or something on the season. Oh, here we go. I got it. Um, 
And uh, Hisu is actually tied for sixth with 89, tied tied with Shy from the Hangzhou Spark. This is a Sojourn? Um, but like that, yes, yeah. as, uh, sorry, not even as Sojourn. It's solo kills this season. Okay, because I was going to say. So I, Kai I, has 141. Yeah. That would be a lot for just Sojourn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and Hisu is tied for sixth with 89. But that gap is immense. And so anyways, what I was going to say was over on New Queen Street, I really felt like you saw Kai performing at his consistently high, consistently dominating level. And it seemed a lot like the rest of the team didn't really know how to play behind him. Mm -hmm. Whereas in the past, Atlanta has always been a very coordinated team and they've always played very well around their tank. And I do wonder how much of it is this um, Junker Queen coordination with the Brig, with the Lucio. What I'm saying is goats, right? It's that, uh, you know, back, back in the good old days of goats, it was all about how you coordinate with the rest of your team and then pop those alts. And it really kind of feels like back then we used to see some teams were very good at goats. Some teams were very bad at goats and there wasn't a ton of middle ground, Mm -hmm. you know, a team might be okay at it, but if they were okay at it, at it, they usually tried to play a different style. And it seems to me that this is kind of what we're seeing again is some teams can play goats or jokes, if you will. And some teams aren't really having that much success at it. And I kind of get the feeling that because this was the first weekend of play with this meta, maybe next weekend, we might see some more experimentation and see if teams find a way to get around playing this this jokes meta now maybe they've learned from traditional goats and that's not really a viable strategy but it kind of seemed like that's what atlanta was struggling with well i to sort of say one additional thing here comparative sort of kai and hisu um although gave kai some trouble consistently throughout Mm -hmm. the match true i honestly to goodness don't recall nero returning the favor that's a good point, actually. Right? And, uh, Nero was relatively silent. And, I mean, I, I don't know of King's capability against sort of Hisu in the Vancouver Titans match, but if we look at sort of what King was doing in the Paris Eternal match was much of that that harassment. Like, your Genji is who's going and trying to disrupt the sojourn. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, it's your sort of... Get in your, your back your line dive. And annoy people. Exactly. And I, yeah. you give Hisu the opportunity to play. He clicks heads. Yeah. He lights you on fire and he introduces you to Bob. <laughs> and that is functionally all he did against the Atlanta rain. It, it you know, I, there is a significant difference there. Kai can go and put the entire team on his shoulders, but if he's being harassed <laughs> and he's, you know, losing out on the, <laughs> the alt duel, it doesn't matter how, you know, well he can, you know, uh, pop those, you know, three right clicks on his alt. Mm-hmm. Toronto still has two up. Um, but no, you know, I think you raise a very, very good point. It's really about that synergy, that cohesion, that coordination. And if yeah. there's one thing that could very well be paying off for this Toronto defiant team, is they have been pretty consistent as to their approach and the cohesiveness that exists. Whereas mm-hmm. Atlanta, we've seen a variety of different looks from them simply because they've had slightly yeah. larger roster that's shifted with the, the meta as it has. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and like I say, Atlanta's played very well around their tank. Um, and I think with this new Junker Queen, they're they're struggling a little more because playing around the tank in this meta 
revolves around a few key uh, abilities, obviously one being centered on Junker Queen, one being centered on uh, the alt usage of Lucio, and then one on the alt usage of your Brig, yeah. right? So, and Twilight, obviously, we know, has some great experience with that, yeah. too. But uh, this leads us into this upcoming week. So the Vancouver Titans get one match. They're playing the New York Excelsior on Friday, uh, 12 noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern. Uh, the Toronto Defiant have two matches. They play at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern against the Dallas Fuel on Friday. And then they follow that up to wrap the weekend up on Sunday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, playing the Los Angeles Gladiators. If you recall um, our last episode, we had suggested that Vancouver had a really good shot to beat the New York Excelsior. We'll talk about that in a moment. Ooh. We had some curiosity about the Dallas and uh, Los Angeles matches for Toronto. We thought if there was a match to win, it might be the Dallas one. But we were, I think, all three of us not too strongly committed to that possibility. So mm-hmm. having seen, you know, a week end of action so far. Does Vancouver roll over the New York Excelsior at this point? Because I'm no longer as confident. Like, yeah, the Scrimbucks told us what we got from Vancouver Mm -hmm. is what we should have expected all along. But I don't think anyone was talking about what the Excelsior were going to do over the course of this weekend. But then I'm also wondering, are the Excelsior all that good? Or did they just happen to go against the teams just ain't that good at jotes? Um. Well, so let's see who Excelsior beat. Uh, they beat the Houston Outlaws, who went on to beat the Gladiators, the the two-time champions. Well, of did you not season. see the graphic? There's like the, the 24 <laughs> team circle. Oh, yeah, suck no, now. It's, it's 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 everything's aligned. It's, I was gonna say it's the return, the return of the circle of suck. Yes, um, so that's something. And then Dallas also beats the Gladiators, but then Dallas beats New York. So. Your guess is as good as mine. Um, I in my in my pickums right now, I have Vancouver winning three two. I really think it's it's gonna be a, a gamble. I'm very hopeful that both of these teams uh, put up as good a fight as they did against these these uh, you know higher quality teams this past weekend. Um, and I'm very hopeful that we at least get a three two. Either way, Mm -hmm. Um, if Vancouver comes out on top above New York, obviously I'll be ecstatic because they would be the team I prefer to win that match. If they don't, I hope they at least take them to five because given what we saw this past weekend, I think both of these teams could uh, go to five against each other. Whereas prior to this weekend, I would not have thought that. Um, Yeah. And I I think in that initial sort of rumor that went around about the Scrimbucks with Vancouver performing very well, if I'm not mistaken, I think... I, I want to say it was Yiska that tweeted that out. And I think he actually also said the rumor is that New York is doing very well as well. So proof is in the pudding. Both of these teams seemingly exceeded expectations this past yeah. weekend. So my pickums, I have Vancouver winning three, two, I have Toronto beating Dallas three, two, and I have Toronto beating well. the gladiators three, two. <laughs> And the one of the okay, I was not that so. One. The reason I gave Toronto the match over the Gladiators had everything to do with Reiner's response to Jotes, mm-hmm. uh, his instant deleted mm-hmm. tweet. Uh, it gives me the what did he say? Essentially, he say? that uh, they've introduced a meta that turns 
top tier teams to nothing and bottom tier teams to top tier. Like mm. it's, it's since become a copy pasta and because they're for posterity's sake. But to me, that's an indication right. of a team that's currently not got the strong mentals. Struggling. Um, the Glads lost right. three, two, three, two. Like, it's not like they got rolled, Yeah, but I feel that Toronto, mm-hmm. Toronto's in a good spot, right? You just got, you get two wins. Like, you know, you're feeling pretty confident about yourself. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the Dallas fuel match, this one was for me, uh, I went back and forth three, two, either way. Like I, I, I'll, yeah. I'll be very transparent. I flipped a coin. I had, okay. I had a toonie here. It came up, uh, it came up heads and the queen gives it to Toronto. So <laughs> see, so I went three, two with the new Vancouver, New York match, which I think is somewhat realistic. Mm-hmm. I went 3-2 for Toronto against Dallas as well. Um, I'm debating flipping that one. I, I On last episode, prior to seeing anyone play in this meta, I had said that I was done with Dallas. Dallas was no longer this, this end-all, be-all team that we all seem to think they would be going into the season. Um, you know, they, they have performed fine, but I'm not going to be you know, on their side too much anymore. And then this past weekend they played great and it made me realize, well, shoot, maybe this is a meta that they can excel yeah. at. Um, you know, they beat the gladiators. Then they beat again, New York who, well, they, it, beat Houston, and they which beat it. Not a yeah. They beat a New York who looked a whole lot better on the Friday or the Thursday than they did on the Sunday. Right. Exactly. So I'm inclined to flip this one back to three, two in favor of Dallas. Um, which, which hurts because you want Toronto to get this win. Because again, I just don't know if I can give it to them over the gladiators. But like you said, I mean, if, if there's a team that can come back after, you know, two losses in the first weekend and suddenly look like a different team, it's probably the gladiators. Yeah. I'm, I'm um, probably discounting them a whole lot, given, but given the extra context of, you know, Reiner and things like that, that also says they're struggling, right? Um, we also know that, you know, if, if I'm a player trying to rationalize poor performance in a certain um, uh, meta or, or tournament cycle, it's easy to perform poorly in one tournament cycle, come out of that and say, ah, one cycle doesn't really matter that much, Right. So if this is the GLADS tournament cycle where they just don't perform too well, um, maybe they get a couple wins here and there, maybe they don't, then I think they can come out of it and still be a top team, especially given that we know, you know, the meta shifts between every cycle. So yeah. um, I have it as a 3-1 for GLADS, but again, I'm I'm debating changing both of those. I, could, I might give Dallas the win, and then I might give Toronto the win over GLADS. Hey, you know what? We'll talk about it all next week and Omni will probably try to rub it in whether we're right, whether he agreed with us or whether we were wrong and still he did better. Um, one final thing to talk mm-hmm. about before we jump out of the payload, uh, deep needs healthcare. Uh, I don't know if, uh, mm-hmm. you know, our listeners all caught, uh, the tweet. Um, but, uh, to, I don't know what he hoped to accomplish on, on Monday. Uh, tweets out in all caps like just uh, i'm trying to find it. i actually saved it. it's an rsp discord um i took a screen capture because the moment i was reading it i'm like oh it's it's gone um 
I want healthcare, please. I want to have a jersey, please. I want to have a team event. I don't want to pay for every team meal. I've been asking since I've joined, please. Uh, Shockwave's reply to that is, ha, 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 they deaf telling you to delete this, lol. But yeah, I saw that. So th- there's just a couple of things here, and I have absolutely zero context. I don't have like sort of insiders here, you know, funneling me the juice. The I want healthcare, please. Well, first of all, if you think, well, Canada has free health care. Yes, if you're a Canadian citizen, we all pay taxes and in turn get access to, to health care. If you happen not to be a Canadian citizen, then there are requirements for you to become you know, a permanent resident and what have you. But it doesn't happen right away. So he would not get access to this, quote unquote, free health care. It's not anywhere near as expensive as it might be for someone in the United States, even if they're an American citizen. But you need sort of supplemental insurance. Now, there's sort of two pathways here. One, did Deepay not negotiate supplemental insurance as part of his contract? Or if he did, are the mm-hmm. Titans not fulfilling whatever that might be? Or I guess a third scenario, which was brought up in RSP Cord, is common practice in Canada is that you have a three-month probation period, and typically it can take mm-hmm. as long as that before benefits actually kick in. Could that be that that's what's happening here and Deepay wasn't completely aware of the, the, the context? I do not know. But the health court question's kind of weird. The I want to have a jersey, please. <laughs> I don't get this. Like, can they not go down to the team store at Rogers Arena and go and grab one off the, the rack and give it to him? Like, yeah, I, like I get maybe having it, like, printed or silk screened, or is it, like, a different quality than the one they sell us plebs? But that's kind of weird. Like, that seems like the weirdest thing to have a complaint about. Um, that I want to have a team event. You know what? I totally agree. I think team events are important. Team bonding is important, especially you brought a new coach in. Like there should be mm-hmm. something to, to bring him together to strategize, whatever it is. I mean, they did stuff at the start of the season. You've made the decision to go and change directions. I'm fully on board with that. The, I don't want to pay for every team meal. Honest to goodness, the number of people who are interpreting this as Deepay is the one paying for the boys to eat food is completely weird. That's not what he's saying here. What this is, is he's saying when we have a team meal, like let's say on Sunday, they went to celebrate their their win against Paris. Did Deepay go and drop his credit card on the table and expect to be able to expense that? Quite possibly. And maybe that was not approved or he hadn't got, you know, I don't know what, how, that's what I think very valid. The team should be picking up the tab to have that celebratory dinner. Cause this is the first mm-hmm. Vancouver Titans winning over a calendar year. Um, and then the, I've been asking since I've joined, please. I think that's related to all the other things, but it's just such a weird thing to go publicly get out and air your dirty laundry. And boy, oh boy, does it go and take the shine off your first win against the Paris Eternal and a pretty good, you know, fight against the Toronto defiant uh, a few days previous. Yeah, I, I don't have much to add to that. This strikes me as you should have had a conversation with your boss. Bro. Well, and like why, why like here? you said, airing your dirty laundry. Why did you put this out publicly? Write it down on a notepad, walk into Justin's office and say, I want to expense our dinner. Show me how to expense a dinner. I want a jersey. Give me one. Like, why are you putting this out? On, like, I completely agree with Shockwave. Law, they're making you delete this. Oh, and it, it, it went. Like, like I, I understand it was, they haven't. It, it, oh, oh, yeah, the tweet, the tweet was guy. It, okay. he, he tweets it. I was over on, like, I use this website called poet.so. I was screen capturing that because I knew it was never, wasn't going to last <laughs> the hour and it was gone. Like, mm. you know, yeah. there's probably emotion. Who knows what's going on? But it is just, 
I'm not trying. So there's some. No, you should you should know. Yeah, better. like there's some. It's like, oh, you're making an excuse for a horrible organization. No, I'm not. Like, there's there's always this. No, you're. You, I. This is entirely on Deepay. Deepay being a child here. I, I don't care who you are. Any one of your players, if they wanted a jersey, guess what? They're probably going to ask their head coach or team manager if they wanted to expense a meal because two of the guys went out for lunch one day. Guess who they're going to? Their head coach or their manager. They're not tweeting about it. The fact that you are in a management position and you felt this is what you needed to do shows a level of maturity on yeah. your part. I, I think that is extremely uh, just not not classy yeah. at all. That's like just talk to your boss. And well, and that's the thing is I don't I want to make it very clear. You and I are not saying that has not happened. Like I can't imagine this is the sure. first moment Maybe he, he felt the need to go out and throw that laundry to the mm-hmm. wind. But it is it is weird because it's you, you don't win here. You really don't win. You're you're obviously being either you came to your senses or someone talked to you. But regardless, it got eyes. It got conversation. that <laughs> changes the narrative Two, your next employer may have seen that, too. And that might be raising mm-hmm. some questions for them. Like it, it, you have to be smart. Always yeah. be considering what not only is the impact going to have, but what would the potential impact be? I mean, I, someone might say, Oh, Chris, you used to go on these, you know, rants on Twitter. Yeah. But I totally went eyes wide open. I knew what I was doing and what the repercussions were going to be. And I should maybe not be mm-hmm. so naive to think that maybe Depay was wrinkly braining this and he understood what the repercussions were going to be. If he did. Okay, fine. I just don't have any of that context. It is just, so weird. Anywho, um, let's see what he says next Monday uh, after another weekend of action. We're going to take a break uh, before we dive into the fray. on uh, your pickums there jordan oh boy uh pretty not great uh i, I did okay i guess i'm about 50 percent wins 50 percent losses i got 16 points overall yeah. um omni he got 16 points as well i would love to be able to break down sort of you know what those actually can i i just expanded no it doesn't let me <laughs> i was thinking oh i could see there's an expansion of some of this but no you can't, I can't actually go and see his his picks. I can just see the point totals. Uh, but did you, did you see who, uh, who's at the top of the, uh, RSP leaderboard? No, I've not. Uh, Light force. You might know the guy. I don't think I need to. I don't think I need to look though. Um, <laughs> I, I got 20 points. I'm not bragging about it because let's be honest. Um, there were many people that sounded like you were, <laughs> there were many people <laughs> leaving points on the table. Like I, I had, Houston roll over the Excelsior. That didn't go my way. I had the gladiators rolling over the fuel. That didn't go my way. I gave it to the uprising to roll over or so. No, I gave it to the rain to roll over the uprising and the uprising chose to, you know, ruin that. Like, oh, yeah. you know, there was mm-hmm. weird stuff. I, I didn't think London had it in them anymore. They sure did. Um, the gladiators losing to Houston that caught me. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, there are a lot of these things that I don't think I was completely out of field in my picks. They, yeah, you know, yeah. they went the other way, but then I had 
quite a few that went. Um, you know, I I gave the we all gave the Titans their win against Paris. Uh, I had the Toronto win over Atlanta. I had the Toronto win over Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I had my Sunday was a really good day, but um, but yeah, I mean, just a it's it's this weird transition into a week where we have absolutely no context as to how the meta will play out. And now that we kind of know, I think that then feeds into how our pickums will go into the uh, both the well, the West. I don't know if I have enough confidence in what the east will, will mm-hmm. choose to do apac does things to the beat of a slightly different drum differently yeah. <laughs> but uh, if we quickly recap uh the results uh the florida mayhem as we already know took on the london spitfire they beat them 3-1 the uh new york excelsior upset the eastern Atlas 3-2 and the dallas field beat the los Angeles gladiators 3-2 the boston uprising beat the atlanta rain 3-1 the san francisco shock beat the washington justice 3-2 uh the toronto define as we already know beat the vancouver titans 3-2 the London Spitfire beat the Boston Uprising in three overwatch. The Washington Justice beat the Paris Eternal three overwatch. The Houston Outlaws beat the Los Angeles Gladiators three two. The Vancouver Titans three overwatch. The Paris Eternal. The San Francisco Shock three overwatch. The Florida Mayhem. Dallas Hill beat the New York Excelsior three one. And the Toronto Defiant beat the Atlanta Rain three one. So all of that out of the way, let's talk a little bit about uh, what's going to kick things off this weekend. And the East is back. Unlike uh, last week when I thought the East was back, but they're <laughs> not. So on a Friday, the wee hours of the morning, the Guangzhou Charge take on the Shanghai Dragons, and then the Hangzhou Spark take on the Seoul Dynasty. Going to the west, the Vancouver Titans kick things off against the New York Excelsior, the Boston Uprising are taking on the San Francisco Shock, and the Dallas Hill take on the Toronto Defiant. Back east, Chengdu is going to take on Seoul Shanghai versus Hangzhou, and then Philly versus the uh, Valiant. The uh, Houston Allas take on the Spitfire, the Gladiators take on the Shock, the Mayhem take on the Justice, and to wrap things up on the weekend, the Guangzhou Charge will take on the Los Angeles Valiant, Philadelphia Fusion, Chengdu Hunters, Boston Uprising, Dallas Fuel, Paris Eternal, Atlanta Rain, and Los Angeles Gladiators, Toronto Defiant. What matches uh, are you going to be paying attention to? Uh, Well, I mean... For my personal tastes, obviously, all of Vancouver and Toronto and Toronto. Um, outside of that, I mean, I think the obvious one is the Gladiators versus the Shock. Mm-hmm. It's the double points pick em match. Um, and if the Shock win that, they will actually beat Vancouver's uh, record of regular season wins in a row, um, which would kind of stink, which is why I predicted well, gladiators, even though I don't know. Really they're, they're, they're not going to win. <laughs> the San Francisco shock were, are going to win. The fact that the San Francisco shock were able to go in and uh, come back to beat the Washington justice just shows you had the clutch clutch level, like prior to the, the shock coming back to win that one. I think most people are like, oh, okay, everyone's pickings mm-hmm. are washed. The good teams are bad. The bad teams are good. <laughs> you know, everything's all right in the world. But yeah, no, San Francisco is going to beat the glads. Yeah, yeah, that's that's unfortunately I know it in my heart. Of that's hearts. the match I actually wanted to watch as well. Uh, not for that reason. I just feel that of the the matches outside of the Vancouver Toronto matches I'll be invested in. There really wasn't much that I was all that, you know, mm-hmm. intrigued by. And I'm not trying to do a disservice to the East region. It's just I'll be very honest. I'm not going to get up and watch any of them. <laughs> yeah, there 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 is a an interesting match or two over there. Um, Hangzhou versus Seoul should be a good one. Um, we'll see the. I'm actually also curious to see Paris play because as we we'll talk about shortly here, they will be mostly a new team. Yeah. yeah. So that could be exciting. Mm. Maybe. Outside of that. Yeah, I know. Maybe. But, 
As far as changes, there were some, in fact, quite a few. Uh, there was one change that uh, took place last week uh, after we had recorded. Uh, the New York Excelsior, as I had noted in the notes here, quote unquote, brutally cuts Myungbong. Now, this is not the first time that a player has been cut on social media and feels that they have been slighted. However, Myungbong had not even had the conversation with the team yet. Somehow wires got crossed. Social was told this change has occurred. Send out the graphic. And Myungbong sees the tweet and replies to it. He re quote retweets it and replies to it. And people are like, what did they not know? Then to add, you know, fuel to said fire, New York deletes the tweet, which is like, oh man, <laughs> someone done messed up. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. the many people on social media who do bad things started going and saying very bad things and horrible things about the New York Excelsior social team as if they have any say in the matter. They're told to do something. They did it. Uh, it's not their fault that mm. those above them dropped the ball. I don't know. It sounds like they decided Myungbong was gone. What? Social's actually running the show there? It seems like it. I guess yeah. so. Anyhow, um, Young Bung's gone. They 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 eventually had a conversation and they sent out a "We screwed up. We prematurely said he was gone before we had actually had the conversation to tell us tell him he was gone." Mm -hmm. uh, but Myung Bong got to cut and to, in his place is uh, An Sunjay, who, you know, there were some suggesting that's why uh, New York went and won like they did because An Sunjay was the difference. But uh, as we then uh, subsequently learned, maybe not so much. The Houston Outlaws, uh, they added two more. They added Lep and uh, Dog. Is it Dog? Doge? Doggy? I don't know. I haven't actually heard the pronunciation. I did the same thing while recording One Man Watchpoint yesterday. Dog, Dodgy, Dodge, Doggy. I have no yeah. idea. Uh, and I actually, uh, a buddy of mine who is a big fan of the Outlaws messaged me. I'm like, hey, do you think they're going to make changes? And then Houston comes out with the tweet. Yeah, we're going to run with a roster of eight. And then the following day, Piggy's no more. <laughs> Um, and the weird thing about Piggy is the way Houston goes in positions is after talking to Piggy, we decided to mutually, you know, go different directions. And then Piggy goes and retweets it. Yeah, I'm looking for a new team. I really want to continue to play. So, I mean, it could very well have been that Piggy was told that there isn't going to be an opportunity for him in the current meta to probably find his way back in the game. And that may hold true because you don't actually get access to Overwatch 2 beyond scrims. And if you want to go and improve that's not where you're going to do it. Like there's no ladder for him to, to play a different hero style or heroes. Mm -hmm. um, Paris. Uh, well, they went and cut Don Vestola, Dredro and Khan on, uh, on Monday, um, which people are like, holy hell, you lose the Titans and you get your roster canned. And then uh, Don retweets say, no, nah, we actually knew this weekend that we were done, which I think also then could very well explain their motivation level. Like, mm -hmm. you know, why uh and in their place uh paris has added lucmino rack attack cry and maltel i think it's maltel mm -hmm. washington this just happened today uh, traded mag to boston which weird because mag i thought played quite well but this also then lines up with the uh, word on the street that the washington justice have taken a look at the land and they've decided to go cheap and budget and uh you know reduce expenses uh, in the esports uh, mm -hmm. uh, frame, uh, and they also just uh, earlier today cut uh, Tidola, um, which I actually did not see that. Uh, it was late this afternoon, but um, you know the mm. this 
lines up with the the rumor that, that Washington is trying to go budget. And why we're seeing maybe these changes occur now is this week is when the Overwatch League trade deadline goes into effect. And the way it works is if you are a player who is currently under contract, if you're not let go before the trade deadline, you are no longer eligible to play in the Overwatch League for the remainder of the season. So, you know, teams would make adjustments to help a player out, though let's be quite real, there isn't a whole lot of opportunity. If you couldn't find a dance partner to trade, that if you cut a player, they'll find another team to play. And contenders sort of lock their rosters. You're going to have like tier two to go into. Though contenders has said if any of their players get picked up by an owl team, they will allow that team to go and backfill. So that hmm. provides a little bit of wiggle room. But again, uh, are there going to be a lot of teams that are going to be making that many cuts that they'll be? you know, picking apart contenders teams over the course of the next week or so. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, lots of changes. It's probably going to be more on Wednesday. Cause heck that's what happens on the, the show. Wednesday is uh, as pod course lore uh, defines the day when all the good stuff gets announced. Uh, but one final thing I just wanted to touch on. Um, if you're curious about cross progression in overwatch two, and you were curious how that will play out. If you happen to already have a console account and a PC account and what have you, all of you who happen to be on a console or PC and console, uh, you'll have an opportunity, a single opportunity to merge your console accounts to make sure that you uh, get all of your cosmetics and, and what have you. Uh, this will kick off as of, well, I guess we're recording the 16th. So today, um, and I don't know as to the process, I've not gone through it. Um, but, uh, you'll, I guess, see something on your screen or something like that as to which you then need to use mm -hmm. to, you know, connect your, your battle net account to. Have you done it yet? I have, I have not done it yet. I do plan to, um, I would like to make the, the jump to PC this time around, um, with Overwatch two, although let's be honest, I probably won't, at least not right away. Um, but this is, this is something that I had definitely been pushing for. Um, cross play is great. And that was a step in the right direction. And I very much for a long time have been saying, why don't we have cross progression? They already had a backend on Battle.net, um, which, you know, ties your account to something, which is usually the necessary step um, in order to make these kind of things happen. Um, I had also sworn that they had already said this was coming. Um, but I think this was the announcement that it's here. Here's how you do it. There's an FAQ and all sorts of stuff like that. Um, so overall, very excited to hear about it. Um, maybe I will get around to testing it out before next episode and I can report back. But that's a strong maybe. Mm. Well, you know, let us know. We're going to have a full segment, maybe. 30 minutes long, of walking <laughs> through the step-by-step -step process Good. and the experience with your thoughts yep. and feelings uh, throughout. But here we are. Yeah. I mean, wrapping up another show. Pretty lengthy one, but obviously the Battle of Canada will do that to you. Um, we'll probably have a similarly long episode the next time the two teams play, which I want to say is in October. Um, I haven't actually looked that far ahead. I know there's another Battle of Canada. October 2nd. There we go. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm curious what everyone's thoughts are on, on our thoughts as it pertains to both the Titans and the Defiant. Uh, also, does Deepay need healthcare? He seems to think so. Do you? Carry on the conversation with us. <laughs> the easiest place to, to go is the RSP Discord. That's discord.io slash ready set pwn. Or alternatively, you can shoot us a note on Twitter at ready set pwn as well. Uh, 
But uh, what final words of wisdom do you have for all of our listeners uh, this week there, Jordan? Well, you know, sticking with uh, my recent tradition, I like to pull something from the episode to uh, use as the words of wisdom at the end. Now, I had something written down from earlier in the episode, and I accidentally closed it, so I don't know what that was. So I'm just going to throw it out there and leave you with the question that you just posed. Does DPay need healthcare? I'm going to title the episode, Does DPay Need Healthcare? Question mark. <laughs> hey, maybe it'll be enough to uh, get him on the show. Maybe. I, you know, I, in complete transparency, I have not floated that question to the Titans yet. Like I, the timing that would have been best would have been during the break. Um, and well, I just, it does seem a little weird to ask the org if he needs healthcare. He can handle that himself. <laughs> true. True that, true that. Um, but I don't know if you noticed, but in Titans court, someone actually added him. Um, which is not a good thing to do in, oh. in team discords and said, Hey, can you, uh, <laughs> can you come and coach my, my team? Uh, we'll pay. I did see that. And his response was that, uh, unfortunately it's not something he's able to do because he's infinitely busy, um, as a, as a, mm-hmm. as the only coach, uh, for the Titans, which is interesting that he really? is dealing with his health issues, infinitely busy. Cause there's really only a finite amount of time available. So it's difficult for one to be infinitely unavailable, but anyhow, I understood what he's trying to say. Not with as many health issues as he has. Fair enough. Fair enough. But uh, final <laughs> words of wisdom from me. Um, it actually has everything to do with uh, uh, what's going on in my world. Um, obviously, as I had said earlier, um, I uh, I chipped a tooth. And, uh, you know, as luck would have it, well, I couldn't get a dentist appointment until next week. Uh, baby force, she got to go to the dentist uh, earlier today and uh, everything checks out. She still has all her teeth, none are loose yet, but uh, they'll probably be uh, looking to fall out in, in uh, you know, the next few months. But I'm sitting there and I'm having a conversation with the dentist. It was close to lunchtime. And he's like, yeah, I'm getting a little hungry. And it got me thinking like, uh, what do dentists, uh, you know, eat for lunch? What? Ah, uh, potatoes. They're so filling. So filling, hey. <laughs> Anyhow. Oh, I don't know why anyone listens to this point of the show. And if you do, thank you so much. I appreciate the fact that you get here knowing, knowing full well what's about to happen to you and all of the regret that you're going to go and feel and experience having reached this point of every show. But on behalf of Jordan Etzer, Dr. Jam, the Missing in Action, Omni at Omni Strife, myself, Chris at Lightforce, I'm going to sign off this episode as I do with every other one. Catchphrase! <laughs>